The following is a presentation of WAER Sports, the original home of the Orangemen. Honey High Springfield, Dan Horde, Mike Side. Tonight, our isotopes take on the pesky Shelbyville Shelbyvillians. I was hired by the Syracuse Chiefs my senior year at Syracuse to be their radio announcer, so it was a tremendous break for me. We got a cassette tape in the mail from a guy named Ken Levine, along with his resume, and the resume did not have his uh, background as a baseball broadcaster. Instead, it was a description of all of the great TV shows that he had written for, including MASH, Cheers. Afternoon, everybody. Norm! How you doing, Norm? What do you know? Not enough. The Jeffersons, and the list went on and on. All of these great sitcoms uh, from the 1970s and 80s. So my boss saw this resume, and again, we had this cassette tape, so we popped it in and listened to it, and as you'd expect for somebody with that resume, it was really funny. The Topes are looking to snap that darn 26-game losing streak, longest in professional baseball. How about that? Our sleepy town is in the record book. So he contacted Ken, and I think he would have done it for free. He just wanted to be a baseball broadcaster, uh, but the Chiefs paid him $1,000 a month uh, to move to Syracuse for the summer with his family and we broadcast Syracuse Chiefs games together in 1988 so we developed a, a great friendship and the following year he wrote his first episode of The Simpsons it was year two of The Simpsons the episode is named Dancing Homer swung on and belted to deep left field it's going going it's gone it's out of at least wrote my name into the episode as the baseball broadcaster. So Simpson, the Simpsons uh, are still obviously uh, readily available in syndication. That episode will pop up periodically on cable TV somewhere. And inevitably, when it does, somebody will reach out to me and say, hey, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I think I just heard your name on The Simpsons. So I've been getting texts and phone calls along those lines now for more than 30 years. That's the voice of Dan Horde. Aside from that cameo in Springfield where the Isotope snapped a 26-game losing streak, Horde's also the radio voice of the Cincinnati Bengals. Mixing the running back to Dalton's right. Andy fakes a handoff, yeah. throws over the middle. Yeah. Touchdown to Tyler Boyd, who spikes it in the back of the end zone. Horde's a 1985 SU grad. He also calls University of Cincinnati football and men's basketball. We'll hear a little bit more from him later on. This week on Talk Back, we're talking football, NFL football. We're looking at the state of the game right now, which is its return, the feelings around that return, and, of course, some of the great stories football has given to us. Those stories will come from three people who see it all every single Sunday. That's Horde, along with Dave Pash of ESPN and the Arizona Cardinals. Shotgun snap to Murray, fakes the handoff, fires to Fitz, and the left side is wide open for the touchdown. Nobody covering the Hall of Famer. Larry Fitzgerald scores, and it's 9-0 Cardinals, 4-0-4 to go in the first. And we'll hear from Andrew Siciliano, who's best known as the host of DirecTV's Red Zone channel. 
The two most expensive quarterbacks in football head-to-head -head in Pittsburgh. Ben makes $34 million a year. Russell makes $35 million a year. Who will be money today? First, though, don't forget, subscribe to TalkBack on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter. That's at WAER Sports. And on SoundCloud, just search WAER. We're talking return first because that's the biggest question. So far out of all the four major sports, the NFL out of all of them has been impacted the least. We're still a couple months away from the league's first preseason games. It's missed rookie mini camps, but compare that to the push of playoff hockey and basketball. Andrew Siciliano says all that time that we're looking at is a huge advantage for the NFL. I mean, Cooper, we've said for a long time that the NFL has the benefit of playing the long game here, right? Baseball could and should get back, the NBA, the NHL, the Bundesliga, whatever. Um, but we're now getting closer to that point where you have to kind of sort of have a plan. And even if the NBA does come back, we're talking July. Well, that's training camp time for the NFL. Even if baseball does come back, and right now that seems iffy, we're talking the 4th of July. Now, you're used to seeing Siciliano on the Red Zone channel. But in addition to that, Siciliano does his only play-by-play -play of the year in the preseason with the Los Angeles Rams. Let's see what the Rams dial up here. Bortles. Siciliano says he lives for that chance to do some play-by-play. -play. But we know that those games are going to be the first to be snipped off the schedule. The number of tests that will be needed for any league to function, whether it's in a bubble at Disney World or whether it's in, it's in 31 NFL state, 30 NFL stadiums, um, the number of tests needed uh, is astronomical. There are 65 preseason games scheduled every summer. That's a lot of extra tests, so I think there are a lot of unanswered questions, but we seem to be getting closer to those answers. We are. The NFL hopes coaches are going to return to team facilities as early as this week. That's according to a memo sent to the teams from Roger Goodell last Thursday. It hopes isn't concrete. But as Dan Horde says, there's plenty of reason to be hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think the NFL, in comparison to the other professional sports leagues, has time to try to figure all of this stuff out. I think with the uh, NFL TV contract, there's certainly money that would allow them to play with no fans or limited number of fans in the stands, and it could still be viable. So I've got my fingers crossed. Uh, selfishly, that they'll be able to play a full season and, and begin on schedule in September, uh, but we'll see. And we will. You heard it from Dan Horde there a little bit that we all want to feel optimistic. And of course, because it feels like forever since we've heard things like this from people like Dave Pash. Under center is Murray, fourth and two on the six-yard line. David Johnson, the running back, two tight ends. Murray takes, handoff Johnson up the middle. No, it's a fake. Murray keeps it running left to the five, and Murray dives for the touchdown. It, 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 this is good. This is good in the sense of, you know, appreciating every opportunity you have to work. Remembering that, you know, people are tuning in to be entertained. And this has uh, been a big void for a lot of people. A, a big distraction to the real life issues for people is sports. And that's been absent in their lives. And 
you know, to feel like you get to be a conduit to them and the players and the stories and the coaches and the game is something I miss. I mean, I love the storytelling aspect. I love the description aspect of calling a game. Every thought of sports creeping back is appreciated at this point. We know right now that we're on track to see sports soon-ish. The NHL, the NBA, maybe MLB. But there's something very special about the National Football League. Almost a third of the country watches the Super Bowl. Think about that. We're drawn by the fanfare and the moments, says Andrew Siciliano. I always tell people when it comes to Sundays, when it it comes to the Red Zone channel on Sundays, that we have a good show if we have good games, right? Um, We're going to do our best to make sure everyone gets everything and you don't miss anything live and we move as fast as we can and we have a great crew and hopefully we do that every day. But the... When we have great games, we have a great show. And when we have great games, that's, I think, when everyone feels the most together. Or, you know, sometimes shocking blunders and big turnovers and, and, and mistakes as well, because we dwell on the negative sometimes in our society, and we want to talk about that too the next day at work. But that's when I think we all feel together, like we're all watching on the couch or now watching on your phone or watching wherever you're watching at, at your kids peewee game or, or coming home from church whatever it is you're doing at the beach whatever it is you're doing we're watching it together that's what i feel most alive because i know not that anyone's watching us it's not about watching us it's about watching it together and i know that if i weren't here I'd be sitting on my couch with my friends because before this show, this would now be year 16, but 16 years ago, that's exactly what I did. I sat on the couch at my buddy's house, at his dad's house actually, and my group of five friends, we screamed and yelled at the TV and drank beers and and uh, argued about our fantasy team and did all that. And I know that if not for this, I'd be back on the couch, but this is an awesome experience and opportunity to do the same thing just without the beer. Over the last eight weeks here on TalkBack, we've learned, and we've learned from a bunch of people who live it, about this big concept of what sports means. We know sports are important, but we've also been shown its place that extends beyond the games and the leagues. A big part of it is the community. When the pandemic hit, Dave Pash found a way to help his. We were inspired by something our church does by paying bills for people who, you know, have bills that are due and are out of work because of the virus. So we, through social media, Twitter, and direct messaging, were able to get in touch with people that really needed help. And we're able to pay some bills rather than just giving cash directly, Venmo or sending a check, would, would pay the bill directly to either a landlord or the cable company. And actually I had a lot of people, it was really interesting, I had a lot of friends in the business that offered to help and that did help. And actually they had a lot of strangers too that just said, hey, I really would like to help put me in touch with somebody that, uh, that needs help. So I would say that was uh, for the first few weeks, you know, from mid-March when I got back from Sacramento after getting ready to call a game that never actually happened, the Kings-Pelicans game. That was the, the night that uh, everything shut down. We were supposed to do the game and 10 minutes before uh, the game got postponed. So got back, not sure when I would get on a plane again and said, you know, I've got time here, so let's let's do some good. And thankfully, uh, 
a lot of other people were, you know, willing to chip in and, and help others. So it was, it was pretty cool to see the community come together, strangers, people that you're friends with, people that you don't, people that are in the business, but maybe you don't know as well, locally, people from ESPN, other networks. It was, it was really neat. All of what Pash has done is pushed by his base. It's one of Christian faith. You know, we're all going to have trials in life. You know, tomorrow's not promised. Things we're, we're told are, are never going to be easy. And, you know, to expect that you're not going to have storms in your life is, is kind of foolish. So uh, this has been good in the sense of challenging and remembering to trust God during this time and, and also building closer relationships with your loved ones. You know, being around your wife 24-7 and around your kids 24-7, the ones that are home right now. My oldest is in L.A. Uh, you know, she graduated from college in December. So, you know, just all the things that, again, sometimes you, you take for granted, the little things, the building relationships with your kids and your wife. And, you know, when you're, you're going 100 miles an hour, sometimes you don't stop and appreciate all the things you have in your life. And I think just it's a good exercise in learning to be content with what you have and where you are and trusting that, uh, that God's going to be with you in the middle of any storm you're going through. You hear Pash talking about learning to be content, uh, about appreciating the little things. If you follow Dan Horde, at Dan underscore Horde on Twitter, by the way, he's done that too. You go on YouTube, search hashtag Horde makes the call. It's the voice of the Cincinnati Bengals calling fan submissions. They're submissions of peewee football, of shoes being tied, and much, much more. Cycling history is being made as four-year-old Evie Maylaben powers her Frozen Edition Huffy without training wheels for the first time. Evie Maylaben conquers Harrisburg Hill. I was really inspired by two friends in broadcasting. One, Josh Lewin, the voice of the UCLA Bruins in football and basketball and a former major league announcer for the Mets and a wide variety of other teams. He started doing something that he called play-by-play of anything at all, where he described things such as himself removing dishes from the dishwasher. Uh, He did a detailed play-by-play of a palm's palm tree swing in the breeze and uh he did all of these videos with uh, a lot of energy and great detail and it was something that joe buck eventually picked up on and, and also did but josh did it first and honestly i think he did it funnier so that was my first inspiration and then uh, Syracuse alum, Jason Benetti, the great TV voice of the Chicago White Sox and broadcaster for ESPN and college football and college basketball, did something as simple as reading email from people. Uh, people would send email to him via direct message on his Twitter feed, and they weren't emails sent to him. They were emails sent from one person to another person that were shared with him so that he could read them to his large Twitter following. And some of those letters make you laugh. Others make you cry. It's a very simple concept, but wonderfully executed uh, by Jason. So those two things made me think, all right, what could I do that would be a little bit different from those two ideas, but could maybe bring a smile to somebody's face or, or provide a keepsake for somebody? Set up. This is Carson Dalton at age four. Eye on the ball. That was her mom, Brooke. And now here's her dad, Nate. Carson has become a fine hitter in the Lucasville Little League. Her dad has a much higher voice. Oh my God. I 
I didn't realize it would uh, go down the road that it, it's gone down. I, I kind of thought when I initially came up with the idea that I'd be describing a lot of normal sporting events, youth sports, baseball games, basketball games, football, etc. And what it's turned out to be is that I've described a kid tying his shoe for the first time. Uh, I described a, a girl riding her bike with uh, without training wheels for the first time. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the videos have been great, and people seem to be enjoying it. So I plan to continue doing it as long as we are sheltering in place. Hordes describing the things we enjoy while we shelter in place, which, if you think about it, is kind of the goal of this podcast. It only exists because of the pandemic, but you can definitely imagine something like it across different years at WAER. Because the names that we watched today on Sundays were at one point just kids on campus. Like, Mike and I are good friends now. It's been how many every years? But, like, Mike was like this young star on SportsCenter when I was in your shoes. And how are you? Along with Mike Tirico, Chris Myers, we're glad you could make it for the show. Duke, back for more. The Blue Devils trying to do that repeat thing in the NCAA tournament as things got going Thursday. We'll open with college basketball's best center and craziest coach. Yeah, with all the characters out in Boise, that's the best region to be in if you're covering or watching the NCAA tournament. Some interesting teams, interesting people, including LSU center Shaquille O'Neal. Right, I didn't know him for Adam. At all. But I sent him a cassette, which is what everyone did back then. And he sent me back, and I still have it. I, I texted it to him a couple of years ago. He sent me back a typewritten letter on a typewriter, on a typewriter about like his critique of my cassette, right? And so just that kind of connection, uh, you know, you don't get that anywhere else. I mean, I remember walking in on a Saturday afternoon once uh, at the old station over in Newhouse. And I swear to God, Marty Glickman's sitting there by himself watching TV. I, I swear, Marty Glickman is sitting there by himself watching TV. So got to sit there and talk to the great Marty Glickman. It was a Saturday afternoon. Like, I don't even know why I went to the station. So you, 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 don't, you, you don't get that anywhere else. Not that we're experts or anything, but at least this hasn't happened to us. Todd Jameson got the van towed in Georgetown one night. Um, I didn't stay with them that night because I'm from there, so I went home and then they didn't have the van in the morning. Tim Benz, who's in Pittsburgh, is the worst driver of all time. Like, I was actually, of only, only two times in my entire life I've truly feared for my life in the backseat of a car. Once was Tim Benz on a road trip on 81. Um, the other time was in the back of a cab in, a, in, in pouring rain in Istanbul on my way to the airport to leave Turkey. Um, those are the two most scared moments I've ever had in a car. And Dan Horde, our boards so far are in working order. I will start with a horror story. I did a men's basketball game at St. Bonaventure in Olean, New York, where our equipment literally caught fire on press row flames spilling out the sides of the old Comrex unit we were using back in the 1980s. Yeah, the scene was exactly what you would expect. A bunch of people suddenly 
turning their heads, uh, seeing smoke and then flames, wondering what the heck is going on with these college punks whose stuff is on fire on press row. So we were able to put it out pretty quickly with towels and then uh, just called the rest of the game, passing a telephone back and forth. So I've had uh, technical difficulties since, including games that I've had to call over cell phones but that was the one and only time, thank heavens, that uh, the equipment literally caught on fire. Everyone at WAER has had some equivalent of that story. It's this weird bond of the station to the process and to the place. Before Dave Pash was in Arizona, the place mattered. He came back to Syracuse as the voice of the Orange from 1999 to 2002. Marvin Graves was the quarterback. I missed the McNabb era, so I left. McNabb came in. And then when Mike Nabb's five years were up, I came back as the play-by-play guy. Uh, Dwight Freeney was, you know, one, certainly one of my favorite players. Snap to Flacco. Five-step drop. In trouble. Gets hit and sacked back at the eight-yard line. Dwight Freeney, his first sack as a Cardinal. And it forces a punt. You know, Freeney came to the Cardinals a couple years ago, so it was pretty cool to say, hey, I called this guy. You know, this guy's been in the league forever, and I called his games when he was at Syracuse and I remember they couldn't block him in practice when he was a freshman and thinking this guy's like LT and it turned out, you know, his career, you know, he wasn't at that level, but uh, you know, in my mind, a hall of famer. Pash also does work for ESPN and there he's paired with a familiar name, although maybe not familiar in the way you'd think. He came in and he won the game for the Jets as my broadcast partner for the last four years, Greg McElroy. And I've told Greg many times, I've told the Cardinals to burn that tape so that uh, he can never hear what I said about him. Eye formation behind McElroy. Green is the tailback. McElroy takes. Play action. It's a bootleg. McElroy running right. Throws end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Jeff Cumberland was wide open. So I think we all were like, the Cardinals are losing to Greg McElroy. And there was a game a couple weeks ago where Tebow was hurt. Yet McElroy was inactive and Tebow was active. And that kind of tells you what they think of him, but he's in. And he has a touchdown pass, the go-ahead touchdown. And then I know Greg started the next week, but that was one Greg's one NFL win. So I guess you'll never know who you end up sitting next to in a booth, whether that lands you in a Simpsons episode or with the QB you weren't exactly kind to. You learn, though, to work with others, no matter what. As Vince Lombardi said about the game of football, quote, People who work together will win, whether it be against complex football defenses or the problems of modern society, end quote. And the NFL in particular captivates people like nothing else. 47 of the 50 most-watched TV programs last year, they were pro football games. And its fight to return to the field will perhaps be watched the closest. Thanks for joining us for our ninth episode. Also, a thank you to Dan Horde, Andrew Siciliano, and Dave Pash for their time. This was a WAER sports podcast produced by Carl Moglein and reporting from Marcus Gronauer and Corey Spector. I'm Cooper Boardman, and we'll talk to you next week.